Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 53. We are near the end of the book of Numbers, our last time in Numbers today, and we see how the people are making it through the wilderness. We also see in Luke chapter 4 how Jesus makes it through the wilderness in a very different way than the Israelites, in a way that he passed the test, he didn't give in to temptation. And the good news for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus is that Jesus' perfect righteousness in the wilderness is actually what gives us the hope, having received it from him, that we, even though we can't make it through the wilderness, he brings us through himself. And so there's great hope in these stories. I hope as you read through the Old Testament ones, you realize the tension that's there, but also how it's resolved in Jesus. So we begin today in Numbers chapter 33. These are the journeys of the Israelites who went out of the land of Egypt by their divisions under the authority of Moses and Aaron. Moses recorded their departures according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. Now these are the journeys according to their departures. They departed from Ramses on the first month, on the 15th day of the first month, on the day of the Passover. The Israelites went out defiantly in the plain sight of the Egyptians. Now the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn whom the Lord had killed among them. The Lord had also executed judgments on their gods. The Israelites traveled from Ramses and camped at Succoth. They traveled from Succoth and camped at Ethan, which is on the edge of the desert. They traveled from Ethan and turned again to Pihirath. There they went before Baal Sephon and they camped before Migdal. They traveled from Pihirathoth and passed through the middle of the sea into the wilderness and went there three days' journey into the wilderness of Etham and camped at Mara. They traveled from Mara and came to Elim. And in Elam, there were 12 fountains of water and 70 palm trees, so they camped there. They traveled from Elam and camped by the Red Sea. They traveled from the Red Sea and camped in the wilderness of Sin. They traveled from the wilderness of Sin and camped in Dokhath. And they traveled from Dokhath and camped at Alush. And they traveled from Alush and camped at Rephidim, where there was no water for the people to drink. And they traveled from Rephidim and camped in the desert of Sinai. They traveled from the desert of Sinai and camped at Kibroth Hatava. And they traveled from Kibroth Hatava and camped at Hezeroth. They traveled from Hezeroth and camped in Rithma. They traveled from Rithma and camped at Rimon Perez. They traveled from Rimon Perez and camped in Libna. They traveled from Libna and camped to Riza. They traveled from Riza and camped at Kalathath. And they traveled from Kalathath and camped at Mount Shefer. And they traveled from Mount Shefer and camped at Herada. And they traveled from Herida and camped at Makaloth. And they traveled from Makaloth and camped at Tahath. And they traveled from Tahath and camped at Terah. They traveled from Terah and camped at Mithka. They traveled from Mithka and camped in Hezmarana. They traveled from Hezmana and camped at Musgroth. And they traveled from Usroth and camped in Benajakan. And they traveled from Benajakan and camped at Hor Hagadad. And they traveled from Hor Hagadad and camped in Jobatha. And they traveled from Jobatha and camped in Abruran. And they traveled from Abaran and camped at Ezeran Geber. And they traveled from Ezeran Geber and camped in the wilderness of Zin, that is Kadesh. They traveled from Kadesh and camped at Mount Hor at the edge of the land of Edom. 
Aaron and the priest ascended Mount Hor at the command of the Lord, and he died there in the fourth year after the Israelites had come out of the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. Now Aaron was 123 years old when he died at Mount Hor. The king of Arad, the Canaanite king, who lived in this land of the south of Canaan, heard about the approach of the Israelites. They traveled from Mount Hor and camped at Selmanah, and they traveled from Selmanah and camped in Punan, and they traveled from Punan and camped at Oboth, and they traveled from Oboth and camped at Ibarayim, and on the border of Moab. And they traveled from Ayim and camped at Digbon Gad. They traveled from Digbon Gad and camped at Almon Dilath. And they traveled from Almon Dilath and camped at the mountains of Abiram before Nebo. They traveled from the mountains of Abiram and camped at the Rift Valley plains of Bimoab along the Jordan River across from Jericho. They camped by the Jordan from Beth Shemoth as far as Abel Shatim in the Rift Valley plains of Moab. The Lord spoke to Moses in the Rift Valley plain of Moab along the Jordan across from Jericho, and he said, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you must drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you, destroy all their carved images, all their molten images, and demolish their high places. You must dispossess the inhabitants of the land and live in it, for I have given you the land to possess it. You must divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. To a larger group, you must give a larger inheritance, and to a smaller group, you must give a smaller inheritance. Everyone's inheritance must be in the place where his lot falls. You must inherit according to your ancestral tribes. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then those whom you allow to remain will be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your side and will cause you trouble in the land where you'll be living. And what I intended to do to them, I will do to you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Give these instructions to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter Canaan, the land that has been assigned to you as an inheritance, the land of Canaan with its borders, your southern border will extend from the wilderness of Zin along the Edomite border. Your southern border will run easterly, eastward to the extremity of the Salt Sea. And then the border will turn from the south of, to the Scorpion Ascent and continue to Zin. Then its direction will be from the south of Kadesh Barnea. Then it will go to Hazar Adar and pass over Asmon. And there the border will turn from Asmon to the stream of Egypt and then its direction to the sea. And for a western border, you will have the Great Sea. This will be your western border. And this will be your northern border. From the Great Sea, you will draw a line to Mount Hor. And from Mount Hor, you will draw a line to Libo Hamath. And the direction of the border will be to Zedad. The border will continue to Ziphron and its direction will be to Hazer Enon. This will be your northern border. And for your eastern border, you will draw a line from Hazer Enon to Shepham. The border will run down from Shepham to Ribla and on the east side of Ain, and in the border will descend and reach the eastern side of the Sea of Kinnereth. Though then the border will continue down the Jordan River, and its direction will be to the Salt Sea. This will be your land by its borders that surround it. Then Moses commanded the Israelites, saying, this is the land that you will inherit by lot, which the Lord has commanded to be given to the nine and a half tribes, because the tribe of the Reubenites by their families, the tribe of the Gadites by their families, and the half tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance. The two and a half tribes have received their inheritance on this side of the Jordan, east of Jericho, toward the sunrise. The Lord said to Moses, These are the names of the men who are to allocate the land to you as an inheritance, Eleazar the priest and Joshua son of Nun. You must take one leader from every tribe to assist in allocating the land as an inheritance. These are the names of the men from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Zimeonites, Shemuel, the son of Ahamihud, from the tribe of Benjamin, Elidad, son of Kishlon, from the tribe of Danites, a leader, Buki, son of Jogli, 
from the Josephites, Haniel, son of Ephod, a leader from the tribe of Manasseh, from the tribe of the Ephraimites, a leader, Kemuel, son of Shiftan, from the tribe of the Zebunites, a leader, Esvanan, son of Parnak, from the tribe of Issacharites, a leader, Paltiel, son of Azan, from the tribe of the Asherites, a leader, Ahayud, son of Shelomai, and from the tribe of the Naphtalites, a leader, Pedahe, son of Amayahud. These are the ones whom the Lord commanded to divide up the inheritance among the Israelites in the land of Canaan. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the Rift Valley plains of Moab along the Jordan near, near Jericho. He said, Instruct the Israelites to give the Levites towns to live in from the inheritance the Israelites will possess. You must also give the Levites grazing land around the towns. Thus they will have towns in which to live, and their grazing lands will be for their cattle, for their possessions, and for all their animals. The grazing lands around the towns you will give to the Levites must extend a distance of 500 yards from the town wall. You must measure from the outside of the town wall on the east side a thousand yards, and on the south side a thousand yards, and on the west side a thousand yards, and on the north side a thousand yards, with the town in the middle. This territory must belong to them as grazing lands for the towns. Now, from these towns that you will give to the Levites, you must select six towns of refuge to which a person who has killed someone may flee. You must give them 42 other towns. So the total of the towns you will give the, Israelite, uh, the Levites is 48. You must give these towns together with their grazing lands. The towns will, you give them will be from their possession of the Israelites. From the larger tribes, you must give more, and from the smaller tribes, fewer. Each must contribute some of its own towns to the Levites in proportion to the inheritance allocated to each. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you cross over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, you must then designate some towns as towns of refuge for you, to which a person who has killed someone unintentionally may flee. And they must stand as your towns of refuge from the avenger, in order that the killer may not die until he has stood trial before the community. These towns that you must give shall be your six towns for refuge. You must give three towns on the, on this side of the Jordan, and you must give three towns in the land of Canaan that must be towns of refuge. These six towns will be places of refuge for the Israelites and for the resident foreigner and for the settler among them, so that anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there. But if he hits someone with an iron tool so that he dies, he is a murderer. The murderer must surely be put to death. If he strikes him by throwing a stone large enough so that he could die and he dies, he is a murderer. The murderer must surely be put to death. Or if he strikes him with a wooden hand weapon so that he could die, and he dies, he is a murderer. The murderer must surely be put to death. The avenger of blood himself must kill the murderer when he meets him. He must kill him. But if he strikes him out of hatred or throws something at him unintentionally so that he dies, or with enmity he strikes him with his hand and he dies, the one who struck him must surely be put to death, for he is a murderer. The avenger of blood must kill the murderer when he meets him. But if he strikes him suddenly without enmity or throws anything at him unintentionally or with any stone large enough that a man could die without seeing him and throws it at him and he dies, even though he was not his enemy nor sought his harm, then the community must judge between the slayer and the avenger of blood according to these decisions. The community must deliver the slayer out of the hand of the avenger of blood and the community must restore him to the town of refuge to which he fled. He must live there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the consecrated oil. But if the slayer at any time goes outside the boundary of the town to which he has fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the borders of the town of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the slayer, he will not be guilty of blood, because the slayer should have stayed in the town of refuge until the death of the high priest. 
But after the death of the high priest, the slayer may return to the land of his possessions. So these things must be statutory ordinance for you throughout your generations in all the places where you live. Whoever kills any person, the murderer must be put to death by the testimony of witnesses. But one witness cannot testify against any person to cause him to be put to death. Moreover, you must not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death. He must surely be put to death. And you must not accept a ransom for anyone who has fled to a town of refuge to allow him to return home and live on his own land before the death of the high priest. You must not pollute the land where you live, for blood defiles the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed there except by the blood of the person who shed it. Therefore, do not defile the land that you will inhabit, in which I live, for the Lord I live... For I, the Lord, live among the Israelites. Then the heads of the family groups of the Gileadites, the descendants of Machir, the descendants of Manasseh, who were from the Josephite families, approached and spoke before Moses and the leaders who were there, the, the heads of the families. They said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give land as an inheritance by lot to the Israelites. And my Lord has commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of our brother Salophihad to his daughters. Now, if there should be married to one of the men from another Israelite, their inheritance will be taken from the inheritance of our fathers and add to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry. As a result, it will be taken from our inheritance. And when the year of Jubilee of the Israelites is to take place, their inheritance will be added to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry. So their inheritance will be taken away from our inheritance of our ancestral tribe. Then Moses gave a ruling to the Israelites by the word of the Lord. What the tribe of the Josephites is saying is right. This is what the Lord has commanded for the for Salophihad's daughters. Let them marry whomever they think best, only they must marry within the family of their father's tribe. In this way, the inheritance of the Israelites will not be transferred from one tribe to another. But every one of the Israelites must retain the ancestral heritage, and every daughter who possesses an inheritance from any of the tribes of the Israelites must become the wife of a man from any family in her father's tribe, so that every Israelite may retain the inheritance of his father's. No inheritance may pass from tribe to tribe, but every one of the tribes of the Israelites must retain his inheritance. As the Lord had commanded Moses, so the daughters of Salophihad did. For the daughters of Salophihad, Mala, Terza, Hogla, Milcah, and Noah were married to the sons of their uncles. They were married into the families of the Manassites, the descendants of Joseph, and their inheritance remained in the tribe of their family's family. These are the commandments and the decisions that the Lord commanded the Israelites through the authority of Moses in the Rift Valley Plains by Moab along the Jordan River opposite Jericho. And so we end the book of Numbers, preparing the way for people, the people of God, to enter the land of Canaan. And now we'll be reading from Psalm 35, a psalm by David. O Lord, fight those who fight with me, attack those who attack me, grab your small shield and large shield and rise up to help me. Use your spear and lance against those who chase me. Assure me with these words, I am your deliverer. May those who seek my life be embarrassed and humiliated. May those who plan to harm me be turned back and ashamed. May they be like wind-driven chaff as the angel of the Lord attacks them. May their path be dark and slippery as the angel of the Lord chases them. I did not harm them, but they hid in a net to catch me and dug a pit to trap me. Let destruction take them by surprise. Let the net they hid catch them. Let them fall into destruction. Then I will rejoice in the Lord and be happy because of his deliverance. With all my strength, I will say, O Lord, who can compare to you? You rescued the oppressed from those who tried to overpower them, the oppressed and needy from those who tried to rob them. Violent men perjure themselves and falsely accuse me. 
They repay me evil for the good I have done. I am overwhelmed with sorrow. When they were sick, I wore sackcloth and refrained from eating food. If I am lying, may my prayers go unanswered. I mourned for them as I would for a friend and my brother. I bowed down in sorrow as if it were mourning for my mother. But when I stumbled, they rejoiced and gathered together. They gathered together to ambush me. They tore at me without stopping to rest. When I tripped, they taunted me relentlessly and tried to bite me. O Lord, how long are you going to watch this? Rescue me from their destructive attacks. Guard my life from their young lions. Then I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you before a large crowd of people. Do not let those who are my enemies for no reason gloat over me. Do not let those who hate me without cause carry out their wicked schemes. For they do not try to make peace with others, but plan ways to deceive those who live peacefully in the land. They are ready to devour me. They say, Aha! Aha! We've got you! But you take notice, Lord. Do not be silent. O Lord, do not remain far away from me. Rouse yourself. Wake up and vindicate me. My God and Lord, defend my just cause. Vindicate me by your justice, O Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them say to themselves, Aha! We have what we wanted. Do not let them say, We have devoured him. May those who rejoice in my troubles be so totally embarrassed and ashamed. May those who arrogantly taunt me be covered with shame and humiliation. May they, those who desire my vindication shout for joy and rejoice. May they continually say, May the Lord be praised, for he wants his servant to be secure. Then I will tell others about your justice and praise you all day long. And as we hear David call out to God for justice, to do what's right and to rescue him, we then pick it up here in Luke 4, seeing Jesus in the midst of being tempted by the devil and how he responds and becomes increasingly clearly the man of God we need, the king we need, Jesus himself. And so Luke chapter 4, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he endured temptations from the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were completed, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone. Then the, de the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in a flash all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will grant this whole realm and the glory that goes along with it, for it has been relinqu relinquished to me and I can give it to anyone I wish. So then, if you will worship me, all this will be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You are to worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil brought Jesus to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and with their hands they will lift you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, you are not to put the Lord your God to the test. So when the devil had completed every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. Then Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the surrounding countryside. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by all. Now Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and the regaining of sight to the blind, to free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to tell them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled even as you heard it being read. All were speaking well of him and were amazed at the gracious words coming out of his mouth. They said, Isn't this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, No doubt you will quote to me the proverb, Physician, heal yourself, and say, What we have heard that you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown too. And he added, I tell you the truth, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's day, when the sky was shut up three and a half years, and there was a great famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a woman who was a widow at Seraphath in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, yet none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, forced him out of the town, and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so they, they could throw him down off the cliff. But he passed through the crowd and went on his way. So Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath day he began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because he spoke with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! Leave us alone, Jesus of the Nazarene. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Silence! Come out of him. Then after the demon threw the man down in their midst, he came out of him without hurting him. They were all amazed and began to say to one another, What's happening here? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So the news about him spread into all the areas of the region. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he stood over her, commanded the fever, and it left her. Immediately she got up and began to serve them. As the sun was setting, all those who had any relatives sick with various diseases brought them to Jesus. He placed his hands on every one of them and healed them. Demons also came out of many, crying out, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. The next morning Jesus departed and went to a deserted place. Yet the crowds were seeking him and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But Jesus said to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns too, for that is what I was sent to do. So he continued to preach in the synagogues of Judea. So we see Jesus here passing the test in the wilderness, becoming the king we desperately need, and showing his authority and his power in his words and his actions. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019. Used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.